welcome to everyone tonight. And if you are a guest this evening, we are so glad that you have joined us tonight. And uh, if you're watching us online, we welcome you as well. Pray that you are blessed by this service. And we are so glad to know that God is not limited to a location, that He is everywhere. Amen. Praise God. Familiar passage of Scripture, perhaps, for some of us, but if you would turn to Acts chapter 2. And uh, I'm going to read it just to make sure I don't mess it up, but really this is a These verses I'm about to read, we all ought to have memorized as apostolics. So that's your homework for the week. Acts 2 and verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. I think that's the first mention of a car in the Bible. In one place, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And everyone that was filled with the Holy Ghost began to speak with other tongues. They did not simply make a confession of faith that they had received it. There was a demonstration that they had received it. And this is not an optional blessing, a second blessing or whatever. It is an initial evidence that every believer should have. This really is not the message, but just take advantage of the moment here. As the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to take your attention back to verse 2. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I want to preach to you tonight for a little bit on this subject, the foundation for suddenly. The foundation for suddenly. Father, I thank you for your presence God has been in this place all evening, even before service officially started in such a deep, sweet way. You have moved and worked in such a sweet way. I thank you so much. I thank you so much, God, for the privilege of being in your presence. I know it's easy, Lord, for us to take that for granted sometimes, but we thank you for it. I thank you for what you're doing in this body of believers, this church, Lord. I thank you for the season we're in and where we're going. And I pray that you would use this night, this time, this message as a part of that process. Speak to us, God. Let your word speak. Let your spirit minister. I pray, God, that we would have ears to hear, hearts that are open to receive what you would desire to say. I trust you tonight. I depend on you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I was, uh, this really is not all that relevant, but I'm just, I just feel to share it with you. I told him at Antioch West this morning that, you know, I, it's my, it's my intent that every time I minister, teach, preach, whatever the setting is, I, I want that to be what God wants. I do not pick my topics. I do not pick my messages. I do not Google good sermons. I, I listen to the best of my ability. But how many of you have seen that those Geico commercials with Pinocchio? Those are some really good commercials. And I thought, you know what? I wonder how much more soberly ministers would approach preaching. If you got up and said, you know, this is from God. And it wasn't. <laughs> just, just the thought. <laughs> and suddenly, I told you I didn't really have anything to do. I just, 
I just had to share it. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly there came a sound. Suddenly. I think the problem with that word suddenly is all we think of is suddenly. That word suddenly implies instantly, out of nowhere, so to speak. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. But the truth of the matter is, it wasn't suddenly out of nowhere. It wasn't just this sudden thing that just happened to take place. There was a foundation that had been laid for that suddenly moment. There were things that had to be set in order to get them to the moment where suddenly there came a sound. You see, I think if we're not careful individually and collectively, we can just sit back and wait for a suddenly moment. God is just suddenly going to step in and do something. God is just going to suddenly step in and move. And while on one hand it may be described that as that, in actuality it's not really something that comes from out of nowhere. In fact, in the context of this setting, we go back to Luke chapter 24... And verse number 46, Jesus said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but I'm sending my promise, but I need you to tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. They had not just gotten together for an evening of fellowship and all of a sudden God shows up and pours out His Spirit. They had been told by Jesus, I want you to go and get ready. I want you to go and prepare for what is coming because I am going to do something of significance. I am going to pour out my spirit, but it's going to happen where there is a foundation that has been laid for me to do that. In Acts 1, tells us it records the last, at least, chronologically in scripture, the last words of Jesus in red letters and he is ascending up into heaven and verse number 12 says this, after they have watched him ascend into heaven, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey and that's actually just a short distance. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode Peter and James and John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. They all Continued. I can't find it in scripture, but in best I can tell by research, and if I'm missing it somewhere in scripture, please show it to me. But the calculation is they spent 10 days. 10 days they were in the upper room tarrying as Jesus instructed them to do. 
Ten days they were in a frame of mind of preparing themselves for what was to come. So when the suddenly happened, when the sound from heaven suddenly came, it was because there had been preparation for that moment. They did not just show up and all of a sudden the spirit was poured out. They, they didn't just walk into the upper room and all of a sudden there was a great moving of the spirit of God. There was a foundation that had, that had to be laid. Can I tell you one of the things that's a part of the process of grow? It is you and I laying a foundation. So that God can show up with a suddenly moment. It is for us getting in the right position and the right frame of mind so that God can show up and do what he wants to do. Our problem is it's so easy to sit back and just wait God to show up. When in fact God is waiting on us to get it prepared. It wasn't until they were in one mind and one accord. I wonder if maybe, I I don't know of anything in scripture that indicates this. I'm just throwing it out there, food for thought. But I wonder if it took them 10 days. I wonder if it took them 10 days to get in one mind and one accord. I wonder if it took 10 days for them to get themselves in the proper frame of mind so that what God wanted to do could be done. Again, it's very easy for us to just sit back and wait for God to just show up out of nowhere. When in fact God is waiting for us to demonstrate there is a place prepared. There is a place, God, for you to come and occupy. There, There is a place that is waiting on you. So when you come and do what it is you want to do, it's not going to be in vain. It's not going to be wasted. And it seems to me at the moment at which God recognizes they have properly prepared, He suddenly shows up. I, I think I've spent most of my life focused on the suddenly. Only to come to terms with the fact there's some work. There's some effort. Not earning and deserving, but preparing. That comes in to God being able to show up suddenly and it not be wasted and in vain. I preached it to you a couple of Sunday nights ago, I believe it was, but he told the children of Israel, I'm not going to drive the enemy out completely in front of you. When you get there, he's going to be gone. He said, I'm going to drive them out little by little because I want you to be able to take care of what it is I am providing for you. Suddenly, Acts chapter 16, verse number 25 Paul and Silas have been thrown into jail. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. I I don't know how long this went on. I I don't know how long this season of praise and prayer went, went, but what happens next is suddenly... Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. God did not show up until Paul and Silas had prepared. God did not show up and cause an earthquake to deliver all the prisoners until there was a foundation that had been laid. I believe God's got some suddenly moments for us as individuals. And I believe God's got some suddenlies for this church. Where some things are going to come out of nowhere. But it's not really going to come out of nowhere. 
It's going to be in response to the preparation being made so that God can say, I can show up there. And if I do something there, it's not going to be wasted. It, it's not going to be a one night wonder that just fades away and, and trickles into nothing, but it is going to be sustainable. I, I, watch this, Genesis 41, verse 1. Joseph, this is, this is the story of Joseph. Genesis 41 and 1 says this, It came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. Behold, he stood by the river. It came to pass at the end of two full years. What's, what's that all about? Two full years what? Two full years after he had interpreted the dreams of the butler and the baker. Two full years passed since the butler left and was restored to Pharaoh's house. Two full years. Verse 14 of the same chapter, Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. He has the dream and the butler suddenly remembers Joseph. So Pharaoh sends and calls Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh and Pharaoh said unto him, unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. I, I, I want you to, I want you to get this. Best I can tell, this is approximately 13 years after Joseph was sold by his brothers. 13 years have passed by since Joseph was betrayed by his brother. And you know the story, but in that 13 years, he was thrown into a pit by his own brothers, sold by his own brothers, gets taken to Egypt, becomes a slave in Potiphar's household, rises to being the second in command in Potiphar's household, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, thrown into prison, becomes a prisoner, and in the as a prisoner, he becomes the basically in command of the prison. Tell me where that happens. Encounters the butler and the baker, interprets their dream. The butler's restored. But two years pass. Now now Pharaoh has a dream. He calls for Joseph and he asks him if he can interpret it. Now watch, watch this. 13 years. 13 years. Gus Wilson and I were doing Bible study this past week and we were on Pharaoh. I didn't really know yet what I was going to preach tonight, but we, we, we were talking about the fact that all of that time in Potiphar's house, in prison, it was all a part of the process of his development. In every one of those situations, God was developing Joseph. I mean, he was somewhere around 17 years old when he, when he sold into slavery. What 17 year old knows how to manage a famine for a nation? Most 17 year olds don't even know how to manage much. No offense. It's a part of life. You'll learn. You know what's amazing about Joseph? Some of us need to really revisit that story. Because some of you are in circumstances that really in a lot of ways are not necessarily all that bad. And you've got such a bad attitude. You gripe and complain about it. My boss this, my boss that. You do get to go home at the end of your day. You're not in prison. My coworkers this, my really? And so you do you do as minimal as possible on your job. Joseph, in the worst of circumstances, applies himself. And God used 
slavery and prison to develop him. You might want to be careful the circumstances you're griping and complaining about because it just might happen to be the school that God has chosen to put you through for the development of where he's ultimately taking you. Joseph didn't know in Potiphar's house, you are in the process of being trained how to run this nation, essentially. He didn't know that in prison he was in the process of being trained how to run a country. He didn't know that. And if he would not have made the best of his circumstances, I submit to you tonight, he would have never gotten to Pharaoh's house. We sit around and wait for our big break and God's sitting around waiting for us to do something where we are to give us our big break. I think we've got an American idol mentality in the church and a America's got talent mentality and a voice mentality that I'm going to show up on a TV show and do a really good job and I'm going to now make millions and be a celebrity. Let me tell you something. You know where God finds those that he's going to do something with? He finds them out in a pasture tending sheep and doing the best they can in those circumstances. He finds them plowing behind 12 yoke of oxen because that's what what they were supposed to be doing. Let me tell you something. If you're doing what God wants you to do, where God wants you to do it, you don't have to worry about God knowing where you are and getting you to the right place. David was not out running a campaign to be the next king. David was not out trying to get himself lined up with the popular people so that he could replace Saul. David was just simply out somewhere by himself. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He wasn't out there, oh, these stupid sheep, I gotta deal with them again today, and I'm out here with these few sheep, and my brothers are at the battle, and no, 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 I don't think David had a clue. I think he was just out there just as something to kill time because he didn't have Facebook or Instagram or some other thing to distract him. And so he's got his sling and he's got his stones. And in his spare time, he is honing a skill. He is learning how to do something. Because when David walked out onto the battlefield to face Goliath, he was not the underdog. You see, the problem is most of us, if we were in David's position, this is all, this is not in the notes, just so you know, even though there's usually not much in the notes ever anyway, but <laughs> most of us, if we were David, this is what it would have been like for us. If we'd have had the courage to get out on that battlefield, we'd have been like this. In the name, you come with sword and shield. And I come to you in the name of the Lord. Oh God, please, 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 please let this hit the mark. That's not what David was doing. He was skilled. The Bible says, I think it's in the book of Judges, that slingers, that kind of sounds like a bad thing in 2020, but just, I don't know. That's what they are. They're slingers. The Bible says they could hit a target within a hair's breadth. When David hit that forehead of Goliath, it was not because of God. I got a song for where we are right now. We are standing on holy ground. Did he really just say it wasn't God? Yes. Because David had spent his time developing a skill that while he may not have known... He may not have had no any idea that while he was out there all by himself with his sling, God was actually in obscurity developing a giant killer. Giant killers don't get developed in public. Oh, hallelujah. 
sorry, I'm just enjoying the moment. It's not all that often that something just comes in out of nowhere and it just, hallelujah. <laughs> Say it again. Giant killers are not developed in public. Some of you want to be a giant killer and you're always trying to be in public. You're never going to be a giant killer because there was a bunch of guys that were in public and every one of them was afraid. But it was the one who had been by himself all alone but was focused on doing what he was supposed to do that was determined, decided by God. Elijah, your time is almost done. I need you to pick a replacement. Where are you going to go do that? Seems like the place to go do that would be the school of the prophets. Seems like a great place to find the next prophet is is somebody that's studying to be a prophet. And yet God decides, I know you got a little group here, and they're all trying to take your place, and they're all jockeying for position, but that's not who I've chosen. The one I've chosen, you're going to find him out nowhere, all by himself, plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. They always overlook me. Probably because you're in the wrong place. Elijah goes out on a walk, and in the middle of nowhere, plowing in a field, he finds Elisha plowing. Uh, You young adults, if nobody else has heard me say this before, but if you're supposed to be in college, then college is spiritual. And when it's time for you to go to work, that's spiritual. Because it's spiritual for you to do with all of your might what you're supposed to be doing. It's not spiritual just for you to be in the prayer room all the time. Sometimes God wants you behind 12 oxen. Other times God wants you out in the middle of nowhere with a sling and some sheep. Joseph, I know Joseph had a dream. I don't know that he totally understood those dreams. And I really don't think that he knew that in the prison God was developing him. And yet in each one of those places he was learning how to manage. He was getting skill and experience. Any of you ever had the trouble of you got a college degree and you're trying to get a job? But slight problem. Ten years of experience required. How do you get an experience without the job? (laughs) If Joseph would have shown up at 17 years old to Pharaoh's palace, he would not have been prepared to manage what was about to take place. But he spent 13 or so years preparing a foundation for a suddenly. Because watch this. In verse 38 of chapter 41, Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he came to ride, and he, and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt and Pharaoh said unto Joseph I am Pharaoh and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt in one single day Joseph went from being a 
prisoner to being the second in command of all of Egypt. I think that sounds kind of like a suddenly. You wake up in the prison and you go to bed in the palace. There you go, brother Danny Hood. Some of y'all don't get that. That's all right. Imagine you wake up in the morning, you're a prisoner. And you lay down that night with the king's ring on your finger. Now, only one person greater than you. That's kind of suddenly. But was it really suddenly? No. It was 13 years, 13 years of preparation. It was 13 years of him working and developing as a manager, as somebody learning experience, leading others. And it seemed like suddenly, I, I, can I, I, I challenged some of you a few moments ago. Let me encourage some others of you because there are some people I'm preaching to tonight. You've been out in the field with your sling and you've been out in the field plowing behind the yoke of oxen. And sometimes you think, has God forgotten where I am? And can I tell you tonight, you just keep being faithful to where God has you at this season. Because when God decides it's time for a new season, He knows how to take you from tending sheep to being the king. He knows how to take you from plowing with the yoke of oxen to being the next prophet. He knows how to take you from the prison to being the second in command. You just lay the foundation. And if you get the foundation right, God is going to show up let, let, let's just come on let's be honest let's be real that's my goal and desire that's always been my desire in preaching and teaching is to be real so so let's let's be let's be real we we've we've probably got a couple of weeks or so to ride the momentum and the excitement of last sunday oh <gasps> We're, we're, man, I, I mean, the feedback we've gotten is so encouraging. We've more feedback this week that is just, I mean, so encouraging as the pastor of this congregation. I mean, what's, what, and please hear this in the way I mean this, but senior leaders that are just so excited about what's happening and what's, what the direction is and the things that are taking place and, and, and many others. I mean, man, I, we, we didn't get, we, we finished service around Nine o'clock Thursday night, which is later than we are used to in the last couple of years. And, and nine fifteen, nine twenty, there was probably still thirty, forty people. It was just like this buzz in the back of the sanctuary. People were buying merchandise and talking at the grow table and live courses and then just people fellowship and man, you could feel it and it's still here. I'm not being negative. I'm just being realistic. It's not going to last that way. I've come to challenge us tonight. And I said, us, not you. That when the excitement of the new starts to dwindle, to make up our minds, God, I'm still working on a foundation. I'm still working on a foundation because I want you to know that you can show up right here in my life with a suddenly moment. I want you to know that I'm going to be faithful to plod along, to plow as I need to so that things are in order, so that there can be a suddenly in my life. Second Kings 4 verse 8. It fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread and so it was that as oft as he passed by he turned in thither to eat bread. We don't know how many times that was. We don't know how frequently that was but it says as many times as he passed by her house, he stopped there to eat bread. She said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a, that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. 
We don't know how many times that was. We don't know how frequently that was. All we know is she says he comes by here continually. In the verse before that, every time he came by there, he stopped to visit and eat bread. But I want you to notice something. Up till this point, she received nothing in return. There were really no benefits to her. She was just doing a good thing for the man of God. And continually, he stopped by and she fed him and he went home or went on. She says he passeth by us continually. Now watch this. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. He keeps stopping by and we keep feeding him, but I think we need to go to another level. We keep welcoming him on the spur of the moment when he comes, but I I think we need to do a little bit more. Let's make a room that is just his. Fully furnished so that whenever he comes by, he can stop in. I, I got a question. I, I'm a, I expect a few hands. How many of you are ready tonight after church to have company come to your house? Yeah, okay. God bless you folks. I don't know what world you're living in. How many of us, I said you for the first one, saying us for, how many of us would panic if somebody said, hey, I'm coming over. I'll be there in about 20. Yeah, that's the, that's the yeah, look at us. You need to join our club. Yours is too stressful to live in. (laughs) Bottom line is what she was saying was she wanted to be like you folks in the first group. Now watch this. It fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite, and when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto her, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. Now watch this. Ever how many times she stopped by before she made him a place to dwell? He never asked her one time. What can I do for you? What can be done in return? But once she made a preparation, once she created a place for him, he now responds and says, what can be done for you? Would you be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? Basically what she was saying in verse 13 was, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm content. I'm all right. But he presses on and he says, What is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Don't play around with me, man of God. Don't lie unto thine, don't mess with my emotions. I done got over this a long time ago. I don't need you stirring it all back up in me. Mm. I've already determined this is not happening. I don't need you getting me all excited. And he says... 
And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. I think that's a man of God. We need to have him stop by for dinner. Let him come in and eat something on his journey. And he did, and he went on. Never doing anything in return for what she was doing for him. But when she went to the next level and made preparation so that there is a place for you. There is a place that belongs to you and nobody else. Some of us only live in the first place that she lived. We just, you know, every now and then we got something to give God. But there's another level to live in where God knows I can show up there. And when I show up there, they're going to be waiting on me to come. They will be prepared. And that is the place where God responds and says, all right, you've done something for me. Now what is it that I can do for you? You've spent 10 days here praying and getting in the right frame of mind, getting in one accord. Now what can I do in return for you? And suddenly, I believe there's some people in this place tonight that God has predetermined that he wants there to be some suddenly moments in your life. But it's not going to happen with you sitting back and just waiting on God to show up. Go read, go reread the miracles that Jesus did during his time on this earth. The majority of them, if I'm not mistaken, at least the ones that normally come to my mind first, you will find that Jesus did not initiate the miracle. There were some. There were some that he initiated, but some of the most notable miracles that were done through Jesus' ministry was in response. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Don't trouble Jesus. Leave him alone. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The woman with the issue of blood, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. The man with the daughter who was sick made his way to Jesus. The Roman centurion that Jesus was going to go to his house, and he says, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Just speak the word. That's all that's necessary. Somebody had laid a foundation for God. To show up. I can't tell you how long it's going to take you in your own life individually. I can't tell you how many days and weeks and months you may have to prepare. I don't know if it works this way for everybody else, but just kind of the way it works for me. We spent... Moved into our house in 2018. Moved in and with the plans of putting an addition on it. That process felt like it lasted forever. It just seemed like it took forever. And you know what's kind of weird now? I go back into the the bedroom that my wife and I used when we first moved in the house a year and a half or so is now Esther's room, and I was in there painting it yesterday for her, and it's kind of weird. It was like I had to remind myself, this was your room for a year and a half, because it seemed like, I don't know what it seemed like, <laughs> because we're now in the new I think I think some of you. I'm not here to hide. No, boy, such it's been such a deep, sweet presence of the Lord. I'm not here to hype you up. My nose might grow, but I I really believe that some of you 
are on the right path, in the right process, laying a foundation that God is going to suddenly show up. But again, it's really not suddenly. It's really not unexpectedly. It's because you have been preparing. You've been creating an atmosphere. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. That means we create some place for God to dwell. That's why I know God fills all. God's everywhere. When, when we say the presence of the Lord is here, duh, God's, yeah, but you know what? My, my wife is in this room. She's in this room. But I'm going to tell you, there's a big difference between right now and her being in this room. Turn your head, Elizabeth. There, there, there's a big difference in the moment ago and right now. I may have to finish the message from right here. Hallelujah. That, that's what we mean when we say God's presence is, yeah, God's everywhere. But what we mean is there's now a focus between us and Him. There's now a connection. And that's the moment when anything is possible. That's the moment in which stuff you've been battling with for days and weeks and months and maybe even years. It's in that moment of connection where you are creating a place for God to occupy that all of a sudden He steps in and sickness goes and addiction goes and depression goes and direction comes. It's suddenly, but it's really not suddenly because you've been preparing You've been doing the necessary things to get ready for it. You've been tarrying as instructed. And because you have tarried as instructed, God is going to show up as promised. I'm assuming y'all are trying to figure out a song over there, so just come and play melodiously. Is that right? <laughs> my dessert, my gift working. <laughs> I gave all the signals, so I had to suddenly just come. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, but this microwave mentality doesn't work with God man we want everything we want it in a second we want it done in a moment and if it's not quick enough we're we're, we're trying to find the alternative if your internet provider is not keeping up you're you're calling the next one you can't get what you want when you want it you're calling for you're calling somebody else god doesn't god doesn't work that way i was in safeway the other night going to get cream it's in the very back of the store and i just happened to go down the Frozen food, frozen meal aisle. I, I, I'm sorry if you have to or that's your choice of eating, whatever. Please forgive me for this, but I'm walking down that aisle going, ugh. Not that. I don't want that. I don't, I don't, I don't want something popped in the microwave. I've never eaten one thing that was made in the microwave that compares to something that took time and effort and work to prepare and cook. We're trying to, we're trying to buy God. 
come on, God, what's the, surely there's a shortcut. There's got to be a quick, it's got to be an easy way. There's not. There's not. Going back to that process of building our house, and we got builders here and others, you've been through your own stuff, so. You know what the part that seemed to take the longest? Part of that process that felt like it was never progressing was the foundation. It felt like weeks, almost felt like months. It may have been months that it took them just to get the foundation done. You know what? Once the foundation was laid, except for a couple of glitches that were out of anybody's control, that process was pretty quick. And it's also extremely critical. Because ultimately, God wants you to be able to handle what he does and it not be wasted because you weren't prepared and he shows up and does something gives you something that you had not adequately prepared for David spent I believe also about 13 years from the time he was anointed to be king until he became king I I believe that if David, if the day that Saul, excuse me, Samuel anointed David to be king, if David would have went to the palace and to the throne that day, I believe David would have ended up being a tyrant as a king. Because he was not ready at 17 or so to sit on the throne. There was a foundation that needed to be prepared so that when God says, all right, enough's enough. I want you on the throne now. He was ready for that moment. Would you just stand, please? I... I Whatever it's worth or means, I, I really did not, never expected I would preach this long tonight. So I know, I know what time it is. It's about getting out time, but we're apostolic and we don't have that, right? Uh huh. We don't have getting out times until we go past the getting out time. I, I, I want to do this I, again. I am. I, I, I just, I keep saying it. I know, but I am just so encouraged by the hunger and the desire that I have felt this past week. I'd like to, I'd like to make an appeal for an altar call. We don't have to take all night doing it, but would you just close your eyes, bow your heads for a moment? I, I want to make an appeal tonight that those that you'd be willing to make a fresh commitment tonight to say, God, I am committing, I am dedicating myself That I'm going to lay the foundation necessary so that there can be a suddenly moment in my life. I'm going to do what I need to do, God. I'm going to do my part so that you can do your part. If you're willing to do that tonight, would you just as as a demonstration of that commitment, would you just step out of your seat? Make your way down to this front. You can stand. You can kneel at whatever you feel to do. I don't really have a preference in that. But just some of you figuratively, obviously, some of you could say tonight, God, I'm in the prison right now. I'm in the prison right now, but I'm not going to miss what you're trying to do in me in this prison. I may be in bondage right now, God, but I'm not going to miss what it is you're trying to develop in me right now. 
Because there's going to come a moment where I'm going to get the call and I'm going to leave this prison behind and I'm going to step into the fulfillment of what you promised. But when that happens, I want to be ready. God, I want to demonstrate to you that I'm going to be ready for a suddenly moment. God, I want to demonstrate by my actions every day. I want to demonstrate by my lifestyle that I am preparing myself so that you can bring a suddenly moment, God. I'm not going to sit around and pout over my circumstances. I'm not going to sit around and gripe and complain about where I am and what's going on. But I'm going to allow you to use my situation and my circumstances to prepare me for the moment at which you are going to show up. Suddenly. God, I believe individually, I believe for us as individuals, you've got some suddenly moments that you have already planned. I believe, God, that for us as a congregation, you've got some suddenly moments that you've already planned to do, but we've got to set the foundation. We've got to make the preparation so that that moment can happen and not be in vain. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. Be not weary in well-doing, because in due season. I think in the context of tonight, not being weary is about getting the, the preparation done, getting the foundation in place so that God can show up. Don't be discouraged, David. God knows you're out in the field. He knows where you are. Don't be discouraged, Elisha. God knows where you are. And God knows how to get you to the right place at the right time. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, help us to stay in the process. Help us to be committed to the process. Help us to be committed to the process that is necessary to get us to the place that we are ready for our suddenly moment. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need to go, you're welcome to. If you've got another moment or two, would you join me in this old course as our prayer tonight? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and Holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving, I'll be a
it one more time. Oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. continue please feel free to do that if you're done you need to go or you want to go you're welcome to do so god bless you don't forget be somebody in the back at the grow table if you want to get some more information about that merchandise for sale life courses to sign up for youth and young adults don't forget the meeting for advance youth make sure you got a parent or a guardian with you please